One Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And for more information, please visit us on the web at onechurch.net. Good morning. I pray you're experiencing the presence of God and what a great, great time of worship. And uh, I, I, I just have to say this before I get into the message today, how much I miss all of you. Uh, being able to see your faces and uh, being able to talk with you and connect with you. And uh, our prayer is this, that uh, very soon we're going to be able to do that again. But last week, as Justin ministered, he dealt with a passage of Scripture out of the book of Hebrews. And he was saying that everything that can be shaken will be shaken so that that which cannot be shaken will remain. And then I love the way that that passage ends. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that can never be shaken, let us worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. And the fact of the matter is this, that in the middle of all of this crazy, messed up world that we're living in where everything seems to have been turned on its head and the things that we're used to doing, we no longer do or at least don't do the same way we used to. We're having to wear masks and we're having to social distance and all kinds of things that are so uncomfortable and so uh, different for us. Even in the middle of that, I want you to understand something. God is still building his kingdom. And we are receiving a kingdom. And the, the scripture is so clear when it says a kingdom that can never be shaken. And it's funny when you talk about shaking, because every single one of us have to look objectively at our lives and where we are spiritually. And we have to measure that against the backdrop of truth. Well, what's really, well, where are we spiritually? You know, it's one thing to think that you're a great person of faith until you have a situation that comes up like we're living through right now. And all of us have suddenly been cast into this stark reality that we, we thought we were so full of faith and then suddenly we're confronted with issues of fear again and again. I know that's been the way it's uh, been for me and for Sandy. Um, that we're always wrestling with it. And it seems like at the time when faith would be so strong, we still are wrestling with fear. We kind of feel somewhat, uh, you know, like Peter, uh, Lord, I believe, but Lord, help my unbelief. And there's nothing that re reveals where you are on the fear-faith continuum. And that's really where we are. On uh, one side, we have fear. On the other side, we have faith. And we feel like we always want to lean on the faith side and we would like to believe that that's where we are. But the reality is we have to look objectively at ourselves, And sometimes our words are the things that really tell where we are uh, because nothing will reveal what's in your heart quite like your mouth. I've had my mouth tell on me far too often. I think I'm a man of faith and then suddenly fear comes out of my mouth. And that's what I want to talk to you today about. Uh, how do I live as a person of faith in the midst of a crazy fear-filled world? How can I train my mouth 
and condition my lips to speak the things that God wants. I love this passage of Scripture in Luke's Gospel, Luke chapter 6, verse 45. And this is what Jesus said. The good person, out of the good treasure of his heart, produces good. And the evil person, out of the evil treasure, produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. In other words, in the middle of the shaking that's going on all around us, what's in you comes out when you get shook. You can think you're a person of faith until you get shook. And then what comes out is really what's in there. And sometimes it's not the things that we thought were in there. Sometimes we say things that shock us and surprise us. Sometimes what comes out of our mouth is unbelief rather than faith. Proverbs says this in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, Keep your heart with all diligence, one version says. Another one says vigilance. For from it flow the springs of life. In other words, your heart is really the, the fountainhead of everything that comes into your life. My mouth and my heart are the fountainhead of the things that God wants to bring into my life. If I'm a man of faith and I walk in faith, then faith is in my heart. And if faith is in my heart, then faith comes out of the fountain of my heart through my mouth. And I, I want to just really drill down on this today because I, I think our mouths a lot of times have gotten us into problems. And particularly, uh, it may be, you know, words you speak to somebody in a conversation or it may be through social media platform, but however you're expressing communication, there's still words that are flowing out of our heart. And we need to be looking at our, ourself in light of what does God want us to be like and how does God want us to speak? Because the truth is God wants every single one of us, He wants our speech to be pure, He wants our speech to be positive, and He wants our speech to be productive. That is what God is after in our lives. And so I wanted to ad address this today, and I want you to, in the middle of this message, to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you in regard to your mouth, in regard to your words, because your words are just revealing what's really in your heart. So let's pray that God today would speak. Holy Spirit, we just ask you now that as this word goes forth, that Lord, you would use it and grab us, grab our attention, and help us, Lord, to address the key issues, which is really our heart. And then, Lord God, as a result, may our words line up with what your will is for our life. I pray for every person here. May we be constant communicators of truth and life, and it be so obvious that, Lord, it pours out of us on every turn. And that when we get shook, as we oftentimes are being shook, may, Lord, what pours out of us is life. We ask this now in Jesus' name and for your glory, Lord. Amen. Amen. Uh, 
there is this obvious communication, uh, obvious uh, connection in the scripture between our heart and our mouth. In Romans chapter 10, verses 6 through 8, Paul writes these words, but the righteousness that is by faith says, I think that's important even there, that, that faith says something. He goes on to say, do not say in your heart who will ascend to heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the deep, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. Then verse 8, but what does it say? The word is near you, it is in your mouth and in your heart, that is the word of faith we are proclaiming. So Paul reinforces this single truth that there is this connection between your heart and your mouth. What Jesus said earlier in that passage in Luke's gospel is that out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. That, that really what's in your heart will manifest in your words. It manifests in your communication. So there's this profound connection between our heart and our mouth, but it doesn't stop there. There is a further connection between your mouth and your life. And this, this is so important that we grab this. That's why Proverbs 18, 21 says this, that life and death are in the power of the tongue. So here's the way faith manifests. Faith, first of all, comes into our heart. And then from our heart, it manifests with faith-filled words through our lips. And then it begins to manifest in reality in our life, in the, the very practical areas of our life. God wants us to understand that. Right in the middle of all of the crazy pandemic that we're living through and walking through, my prayer is this, that you will be so filled with faith that fear will not be the thing that comes from your lips. That when you're walking through all of the things that you have to navigate, that what pours out of your life is, is constantly that of faith. I, I know early on, uh, I, I would make this constant declaration I, I'm not only healed, I'm whole, I'm walking in the life of God, and I am walking in a place of perpetual blessing. I am protected by Almighty God. What is that? I'm not just trying to stir up or hype up some kind of message, but that's what my faith declares, that God is with me and God is going before me and God is blessing my life. And, and I am walking in the fullness of that every single day. And my faith in my heart says that because I believe we have a good God who is for us and is working on our behalf. And that's what's in my heart. That's what comes out of my mouth. And then that's what manifests in my life. In other words, your life and your heart are connected and they're connected through the vortex of your lips or your mouth, your words, the things that you declare. So there's this connection between our heart and our mouth, and our life. The scripture, the, the, the word of God coming into us, 
Uh, we read the Logos, the written Word of God. And as we read the Logos, the written Word of God, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. But it's not just about reading the Bible. You can read the Bible a hundred years and still go away and not have faith because it's more than just simply reading the Word of God. It's allowing the Word of God to penetrate you and as soon as the Word of God penetrates you, it's something supernatural begins to happen. It's no longer just simply a, a written word, black ink on white paper, but it is suddenly the living eternal Word of God and faith then bursts forth in our life. And that's what God wants. That's, that's what's called the rhema word. In other words, when the written word, the Bible, and you read the Bible, when the written word becomes the revealed word, it is now a rhema word. You see, that's what God wants in your life and in my life. We can never have fully, fully have faith until we get to the point that the written word becomes the revealed word. It becomes more than just simply something that I am reading it now becomes this life on the inside of me. That's why Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. It's, it's this, this amazing supernatural work on the inside of us that happens. And that's what God is wanting in every single one of your lives. God is wanting that in the middle of all of this shaking that we're walking in, we are living in this place of constant faith to where the the written word has become the revealed word, that God is for us. He, God is with us. Listen, you're not alone in the crisis you're walking through. You're not alone. Maybe your business has been turned on its head, but let me tell you something, Jehovah Jireh is still with you. Maybe you're walking through some health crisis, but let me tell you, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God who heals you is still with you. He is with you. Maybe you felt shaken but Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace, is still with you. He is for us. And if God is for us, who, go, who or what can be against us? So I want to emphasize these things this morning. So how is it that I can live my life in this place of faith? Let me give you quickly three truths. First of all, you live your life through faith by applying the written word. That means that, that you have to take time, that there has to be some time taken in your life every single day to read the Bible and to ask the Holy Spirit to make that word real in your life. There is not a single day that passes that Sandy and I, and husbands, I will tell you, I think it's important that you as the priest of your home lead your wife and your children. Don't leave it to your wife alone you to be proactive in it. There's not a single day that Sandy and I don't take the Bible and sit down and we read the Word of God and then we'll share back and forth and we'll discuss the Word and then we ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us and then we spend time in prayer. We do that every day. Why do we do that? You think, I've been saved for a long, long time, but I still need the Word of God every single day in my life. And it, yes, many of the scriptures as we begin to read together, I, I can quote them because I've, I've memorized them. Chapter after chapter, I've memorized because I have years of doing it. 
but it's more than just memorization. There has to be something where there is an appropriation. There has to be something in my heart where I am saying yes to what God has said. In Psalm chapter 1, verse 1 through 3, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly or the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of the mocker. But his delight, listen to that, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. And then verse 3, He shall be like a tree planted by the streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season. His leaf does not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. I love that passage. In fact, that's one of the scriptures that oftentimes I quote. That you meditate. The word meditate means to mutter. It literally means to focus one's thoughts and focus one's words around what is being spoken or what is being said. And he says, you, you, you meditate on these words and you do it day and night. You see, meditation creates something. It creates a capacity for faith. When you begin to meditate on the Word of God, you begin to think, you dwell in your mind, and you begin to speak those promises with your mouth. It creates a capacity for faith. In other words, it creates an environment where faith can come in. But as you do that, the Holy Spirit then takes that Logos, that written Word, and makes it the revealed Word, and faith suddenly comes alive. That's why God's instruction to Joshua in Joshua 1.8, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. You see, when you begin to take the Scripture and you read the Scripture, it has to go one step beyond just simply reading if you want to see faith released in your heart. You have to meditate on it. You don't just read the Bible, but you read the Bible and now meditate or mutter and dwell and think on that. And as you do, suddenly faith begins to rise. So the first thing you have to do if you really want to move into a place of faith is you have to spend time in the written Word. The second thing is what I've been talking about, about the revealed Word. The revealed Word. In Romans chapter 10, verse 17, so faith comes by hearing and hearing through the Word of Christ or the Word of God. He goes on, the writer of Hebrews says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. As you spend time, and let me encourage you, you spend time in the written Word until the written Word becomes the revealed Word. Don't just stop with the written Word. Allow the Holy Spirit to cultivate in your heart an atmosphere of faith and confidence so that you know what you are believing God for. I remember years ago when Sandy and I first were dating, and I was just believing the Lord and for, for good things in my life. And there was this pattern that I established every single morning in my private life. I would not leave my room without spending two hours. Yes, you heard me right. Two hours every single day in the, in the Word. I, I would take, 
I would, would, would take the Bible and I would begin to, early in the morning, would begin to digest the Scripture. And I would spend that time and I would read the Word. And as I would read the Word, I would meditate on the Word. And I wouldn't leave my room until the things that I had read became alive in my heart. I'm going to tell you something. When the written word becomes the revealed word, life begins to be released. There begins to be this amazing uh, release of the power and the presence of the living God. It's then that you can make a clear declaration. Hey, we may live in a crazy world and all kinds of things may be happening all around us, but it's not going to come near me. Uh Uh-uh. That's when... You know, Psalm 91, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High abides under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom will I trust. Surely he shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He covers me with his feathers and under his wings I trust. You see, that's when that written word becomes a revealed word and life is released And you can testify with a confidence that God be for me. Who can be against me? Who or what can stand against me? I'm going to live in the blessing and the favor of God. Why? Because I'm standing on the promise of God. The written word has become the revealed word and now life and faith has been released through my life and in my life. And I'm experiencing the good things that God has. But it needs to go even further than that. So the written word becomes the revealed word, and now it becomes the declared word. Now it becomes the declared word. You see, when you got saved and I got saved, something supernatural happened. You came into a divine human partnership. God says this, that if you will believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. For with the heart, man believes and is justified, but with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. In other words, going back to my earlier statement, there is this connection between your heart and your mouth and your mouth and your life. So as soon as you had faith released in your heart, Faith came out of your mouth and you came into agreement with what God had promised. And then you received salvation. It's the same way with the natural things that go on in your life every single day. You see, you get a hold of the promise of God, that logos, that written word, and you meditate on it to where faith is now released and it becomes the revealed word. And as soon as it becomes the revealed word, it is no longer just simply black ink on white paper. Now it is living life on the inside of you. Faith has come alive. It's a promise that you've received from God. And now you begin to speak it. You begin to declare it. It's important. It's imperative. That's why in Mark's gospel, Mark 11, 22-24, notice what Jesus is saying. Have faith in God. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore, 
I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you receive it and it will be yours. Paul says it this way, reinforcing that same promise, for all the promises of God find their yes in him. That is why through him we utter our amen to God for his glory. You see, in life you're going to have some challenges. In life you're going to have some problems like we're living through right now. But can I, to be honest with you, every single one of those problems, every one of those challenges are really only opportunities. They're opportunities for you and I to prove the faithfulness of God. How do we do that? We take the Word of God, the promises of God. We read, we meditate, and as we meditate, faith now begins to be released. And as faith is released in our hearts, we begin to bring in our declaration of faith in line with what God's Word promises. That's how salvation came to you. That's how salvation came to me. So when Justin was speaking last week out of Hebrews, that passage, God will shake everything that can be shaken so that that which cannot be shaken will remain. That is a now word for you and for me in the middle of what we're walking through. Because there, are, there is something that cannot be shaken. And what is that? The kingdom of God. And you receive it. Therefore, since we are receiving, and you receive this kingdom through the promises of God, appropriating the word of God, allowing faith to dwell, to well up within your heart, and then making a declaration in line with that. Oh, how beautiful that is. What an incredible thing. So when Paul says, for in those promises, that is why through him we utter our amen. The word amen is a great word. It literally means, it's not just the, the thing we say at the end of a religious prayer. You know, a lot of times we, we hear these people and they, they have these very flowery phrase, phrases and then they end with a amen. No, it's not a that at all. The word amen literally is a declaration of so be it, so be it. You see, real prayer is built on the promise of God. When the written word becomes the revealed word, becomes the declared word, it now is the kind of prayer declaration that you put your so be it at the end. It's in a, it's in a remarkable word. It literally was transliterated uh, directly from Hebrew into Greek in the New Testament. Then into Latin and into English and into many other languages. So that it is practically a universal word. It is, the, it is probably the best known word in human speech. The word directly related in, is in, in fact almost identical to the Hebrew word for believe. The Hebrew word for believe is imam. Amen. Very close to amen. And it literally means that God is faithful. I want to tell you something today as I bring this message to a close. In the middle of all of this shaking and craziness that we're walking through, God has good things for you. God has good things. But you have to appropriate those things by faith. You and I have been cast into the fear-faith continuum. Are we going to live in fear and communicate negativity and fear all the time and 
problems all the time? Or are we going to stand in the middle of what we're walking through and declare faith? I want to encourage you today. Be a faith declarer. Be a man or woman whose lips are filled with life and you continually testify to that. You see, you have a challenge. You have an opportunity. And that is this, that, that you can be a man or woman who can influence not only the course of your own life, but you can influence the course of the lives of all of those around you by being a person who declares faith. Let me encourage you. Spend time memorizing the promises of God. Take the Bible and allow those promises to go deep into your heart. Then meditate on those promises. Dwell on them. Think on them. And then begin to speak those promises out. And as you do, watch what God will do in your life. I want to just tell you, God has good things. We may be in a shaking. We may be in some circumstances that we're not used to. But let me tell you, God is still on the throne. God is still for you. God is still working on your behalf, on my behalf. God is still bringing us into the fullness of what He's promised. And He has never let one of His promises fall to the ground or fail. And He's not going to let that happen in your life today. So be a man or woman who stands, read God's promises, meditate on those things, and begin to declare it and watch God work on your behalf. I want to pray for you right now. Father, I pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, that you will take this message today and cause it to be driven home in the heart of every person who hears it. I'm asking that faith will well up. Lord, maybe there are some that have been walking through fear and doubt and unbelief, and they feel like they're overwhelmed by what they're walking through. But I'm asking you right now, in the, by the power of the Holy Spirit, would you take and bring your wonderful promises to bear on the circumstances of every life that hears me now? I just speak your blessing. I thank you, Lord, that we are a blessed people. We are blessed by you. We belong to you. You're a good, good father. We belong to you. And I speak and I declare your blessing over these, your people now. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. May he turn his face towards you, be merciful to you, and grant you peace. We pray in Jesus' name, amen, or so be it. God bless you. Have an awesome day.